What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Husband and Wife Talk Podcast. I'm Corey. <laughs> I'm Alex. And today we have two of our very best friends in the world, all the way from Asheville, Tony and Sarah, soon to be Uber Tatio. We're waving, but this is a podcast. Buongiorno. <laughs> Say hello instead. <laughs> Buongiorno. <laughs> I just rewatched um Inglorious Bastards. Oh. Uh, yes. I, I speak the most Italian, and all he knows is Buongiorno. <laughs> Such a good movie. Oh, who's the actor that's like the the Nazi who finds them out? Who is like super smart and plays Christoph Waltz. Oh my gosh, his Italian makes makes my heart smile too, though, because I'm like, oh wow, this actually sounds to my ear. I'm like, he's kicking ass in a time. Like if that happened, it would just be a full body sweat because I can imagine me being like, guys, I got this. I speak a little Italian. And then Christoph saying, just like, uh, oh, really? That's beautiful. Where are you from? The other beautiful language. <laughs> sweat. <laughs> yeah. Keegan Michael Keys. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so you guys are in uh, currently in Asheville. Tony and Sarah used to be our neighbors. Mm-hmm. This is the second time we've tried to record this podcast, mm-hmm. so we're gonna we're gonna, gonna make work. this one work. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you guys want to start off with Wednesday wisdom? Sure. Sure. Uh oh. Oh, full sweat. Yeah. Tony went into full Tony sweat. Tony went into full sweat. <laughs> I forgot. Like I just forgot about that, and it was like I felt like last time we tried to do this episode, that was a, such an important part, and then I can't believe I forgot. But now I have the answer already. All right, okay, go well, for it. Why you start us off? Because cool. I can't remember what mine was. <laughs> so Wednesday wisdom uh, is on the idea of like <clears throat> if you want something, provide it to someone else is what I think is the best wisdom that I've heard, uncovered, realized, come to believe, is that if you want something, give it to someone else. So uh, I made a video the other day on happiness, and I believe that if you want to be happy, a really good way to find happiness is by like working to make others happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And knowing that you can't make others feel any one certain way or another, but like the act of serving other people is what's up (laughs) sarah's laughing that was my exact wednesday wisdom because it's from the gretchen rubin book that i am reading (laughs) so she posted sarah so sarah's and i think all of us have been doing uh this uh create to z sarah posted a picture last night at like what time was that 11 ish and it was like the and the The quote (laughs) was a a gretchen rubin quote and earlier that day, I had made a video which was effectively what Gretchen Rubin was saying. She just had the next statement, which was, and the best one of the best ways to make other people happy is by making yourself happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So now you have to come up with something else. Hmm. <laughs> Sucks mm-hmm. to suck, Sarah. That's why I went first. <laughs> <laughs> suck it. <laughs> well, on the subject of happiness... I know. I'm just. I just got done reading um, Gretchen Rubin's "Happier at Home," which is mm. like the the sequel to the Happy. What is it? The Happiness, Happiness Project, Project uh, that she wrote that she was very famous for. 
And she goes on to challenge herself to make herself happier at home. And so um, she does a bunch of different things. Like she, you know, tries to um, declutter and like find ways to beat clutter in her home. She finds ways to uh, spend more time with her family and make that time more meaningful and all these different like challenges. Um, So I guess my Wednesday wisdom is if you want to be happy, you have to try to be happy. It's not just going to come to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, dang. The, I mean, I like it. the discipline of happiness, right? Like, yeah. if you're constantly trying and working at it, you probably will get there. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess I'll go because it's kind of the same. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very similar. Um, I was talking with someone. <clears throat> I just finished uh, cooking for a yoga retreat. Um, last weekend and I was talking to um, this woman and um, she was anyway we were talking and um, I said yeah I'm just I'm realizing that I have to take care of myself first before I take care of others and I have to be selfish and yeah take care of myself yeah but I have to put my oxygen mask on first um And I used to feel really guilty about, like, coming home in between classes and, like, taking a nap or doing whatever. But, yeah, I woke up at 5 a.m. and to teach, and I need to to rest before I teach again and take care of others. So, um, similar, I guess, to what you were saying. That's a good one. There's one of of Devin, who we all know now, uh, one of his go-tos is on the idea that we should serve people from an overflowing cup mm-hmm. we should serve people from the saucepan from like the little saucer that's underneath the teacup um and constantly be trying to overflow ourselves <laughs> so that we can give like as abundantly as possible it sounds a little woo-woo but i love that as yeah. a concept yeah. yeah that's great um my wednesday wisdom is to not to engage with crazy people i got chased <laughs> And all you fuckers are crazy. No, I got <laughs> a hard deviation from that. Yeah. I found my, what my Wednesday wisdom is to be happy, you need to not fuck with crazy people. Yeah. That's true. That's so true. No, I was uh, leaving the gym uh, after the 6.30 class the other day, and there was a gentleman outside who was throwing empty cans at people. And well, threw- yeah, the workout involved running, so a bunch of people yeah. were running past him. And then when Corey was walking home. Yeah, when I was walking home, he threw, well, he threw a can at two other guys that walked out of the gym and uh, was calling them white devil. And then he really took a liking to me and started throwing things at me and screaming at me. And then he started chasing me down the street. And I was like, well, I can't run into my apartment because then he'll know where I live. Mm. Mm. So I was... I mean, I was, this guy was having a hard time chasing me. So when I say like I was being chased, it was, that would be comical, but, uh, <laughs> he was following you. Yeah. He was trying to run. Oof. Um, so I just was like very calm and like, kind of just like laughed the whole thing off. But if that person would have been any faster, I would have been in a lot of trouble. Huh. So don't engage with crazy. Do you think you engaged? It sounds like you didn't I didn't engage, engage but I, like... In, in the younger... version of this story, Corey didn't say, yo, go fuck yourself, guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, like, no, throw that's... something back at him. Yeah, but... that's true. Well, I also, like, 
if it was a person with i think like regular yeah, mental yeah, yeah. capabilities i would have told him to fuck off but yeah. also maybe not i've just been kind of like let it go well that's like, really just interesting let it go. I, I would say that you of of let's say all the people that i know seem to be most capable of speaking your truth in the moment uh whereas i almost always am like uh everyone let's just get out of here quick be quiet you know like i don't feel like i show up as what i would say like alpha um in in most conversations or in most scenarios where uh i think you always are like i'm handling this this guy needs to go to town right now (laughs) i think well i think that yeah as i get older and a little more brittle i always am second guessing my what my capabilities are but yeah anyways don't engage don't engage with crazy um if you can avoid it whether it's being chased down the street or crazy people in your life it's not it's not good for you (laughs) cut them out sound advice um yes so now that we have wednesday wisdom done and out of the way i want to hear more about making it in Asheville. so for those of you who don't know tony and sarah were our neighbors for a long time and they recently moved down to Asheville, and we got the chance to go down and visit you guys and come and see what Asheville is all about we had an amazing so time so much fun i was telling everyone they're like how is Asheville?" i was like you need to go take a tour with my friends tony and sarah. Yeah. <laughs> because you guys were such great hosts we had so much fun and yeah. you knew all the like different spots and stuff like that. So um, I wanted to kind of hear, I mean, I know the story, but uh, I wanted to kind of hear about your thoughts about leaving New York and moving to Asheville and uh, what that was like. And also touching on the thoughts of leaving your nine to five job mm. security mm. to then start working for yourself. Ooh, okay. That's a loaded question. I know. There's <laughs> well, a lot. Yeah. Um. Well, you can, for- I guess you can start with why you decided you wanted to leave New York. Cool. Cool. Okay. I guess it was like a year and a half ago, a little over a year ago. And Tony and I were away um, on a beach trip vacation mm-hmm. and we were chatting about life as people do when they're on beach vacations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we kind of like looked out far in the future, I guess, and started thinking about where we wanted to go and what we wanted our life to be like. And while we loved New York, I think that was a big, um, it didn't make sense for the kind of life that we were imagining, right? Like we were picturing like a home where like we could sit out on the porch and drink coffee in the morning and look out at trees. And that was becoming more and more hard to do in New York City. Um, Not possible. Yeah. I I would say that our vision, our dream vision, didn't look anything like the cutest neighborhoods of Brooklyn or Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. Full full stop. And I don't don't think it's necessarily like that we have to have a porch where we can sit outside and have coffee, but it's the idea that like if we wanted to have that kind of, that style of life, we needed something to change. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was kind of looking at like, where can we have a slower paced life, closer to nature, slightly smaller town where, you know, our life is not commuting back and forth in the midst of Manhattan yeah. every day. And, Made so a list, <coughs> and mm-hmm. we started going to the places on the list. Yeah. Uh, and the first place. So you made a list of cities you potentially would want to move to or try out. Yeah, exactly. And, and it was loose. I mean, Sarah gave. <coughs> 
probably as much thought as we had put into it. It was a smaller city. Um, a lot of it, I mean, a lot of the way that we, a lot of the way I described the realization that Asheville is probably going to be a good fit for us was like in the rear view. But we made like a loose list. It was going to be between New York and Atlanta-ish cities that were interesting. Asheville had come up a ton. And then that specific weekend, it came up like two times. And so we, while thinking about all these places that we might want to go to, Asheville was number one. We booked a flight that weekend while at the beach to Asheville a couple months in the future. And after that first <coughs> visit to Asheville, we really didn't go anywhere else. Like we had a Charleston trip and that might be it. And we, we visited my family in Atlanta, Atlanta which is yeah. not necessarily a small city, but you know, there's a lot more suburban life there. Yeah. But it was Charleston and it was Asheville and Asheville had already sort of won. We were just like checking and, um, and then it was just a matter like we went, we visited three times. So we did that first trip, we did the second trip, and then we did a trip after having mentally decided like a final pass mm -hmm. to kind of look at real estate loosely, get a better sense of neighborhood. So the first time was vacation. Second time was a little bit of, we had, we pulled the trigger and planned to have a, a wedding here. So whether or not we were moving, we were going to do our wedding here. Uh, we called it an away game for both teams. <coughs> so my family's yeah. from New Jersey. Her family's from Atlanta. Rather than do an away game in Italy, which almost no one would make, uh, we said, let's keep it domestic, call it um, Asheville. So the second trip was primarily wedding focus. And then the third one was the first time we actually rented a car uh, and drove around into the you know a bunch of the different little neighborhoods, checked out Craigslist posts for you know apartments looked at apartment posts for apartments um and that was sort of our homework was there more to that question about choosing Asheville or thinking about Asheville no no I mean that's no, that that's perfect great. that was a perfect descriptor um and what what scratched your itches Sarah I'll take the question like why <laughs> why Asheville what what made it work for you what was the like aha mm, moment yeah I don't know if I don't know if there was an aha well, maybe there was an aha moment, but I think our, the first time we visited, you know, we we didn't have a car. We sort of just like walked into town. We walked everywhere or took an Uber everywhere. And, you know, we were still kind of getting a sense of the city. But I think the first thing that stood out to me was like, A, there's nature everywhere. You know, whether you're even in downtown, like you can still see the mountains, you know, out there. Um, and then B, I think the people were just, it was a refreshing, um, feeling when you walk into a place and someone mm -hmm. like actually greets you with, yeah. Hey, <laughs> how are you? What's up? You know, versus like this apathetic face. What do you want? Right. You know? <laughs> so yeah. people were really, really nice. They were really, really warm and welcoming and they gave us all sorts of advice. Um, like over the overboard on yeah. uh, generosity with, um, answering questions and giving points of view and oh you moved here here's what we would think the number one bit of advice was bring bring your own jobs they're like unless you're in healthcare or service you're probably not mm. going to get a job um, interesting that's interesting can you that's can a, you that's the number one thing you come to Asheville and you're like yo i'm thinking about moving here it's ironic how often you'll hear bring a job with you yeah so there's wow. not there's not like 
there's a huge tourism industry, mm -hmm. right? So there's tons of people that come here to visit the Biltmore, which is this huge mansion built by the Vanderbilts, um, to go hiking, to visit the town, and so on. So the biggest industry is the hospitality. So mm -hmm. if yeah. you work in hospitality, there's plenty of jobs and opportunities here. And but downstream you, from that, like restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Right, right. Service, restaurants, hotels, mm -hmm. uh, so on. But if you don't, you know, what yeah. Tony and I, you know, don't have a background in hospitality. We yeah. both have a background in marketing and kind of working more office jobs. Um, there aren't really that many opportunities. And, and we looked. Yeah. We, yeah. I, you know, we applied to jobs, but there was... There, there was very few that I was like, oh yeah, for, I would really love to work there. You and know? then, and then when you do, when, like, and then when you do look for jobs, like, you're, I'm like, all right, where would I like, if I just needed a job, like to l land here and just have something, where would I like? And I was like, REI. So I look up REI, and they have a job opening. And so we were, we were visiting on the weekend that they were doing the initial interviews. So mm -hmm. I came. If I got hired by REI, I think the actual pay was like $9.82 an hour. Oof. Like, r that's a real employee is being paid that, not with tips. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, <clears throat> is there, com like, do you get commission on sales here? And they're like, <laughs> no. No. But you get a great employee discount. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. You know, like, no. <laughs> do you have a one hour a month type schedule I could work out? <laughs> or like, yeah. Uh, just come so, in and I mean, say so, hi. But, but, so there's just totally different expectations versus, you know, wow. what, so like, let's just say I got that job. You know, the trip out to REI hypothetically would cost me more money than, uh, than making, than the money I'd make there and then taxes. And so it's like, it's not an easy gig. And there aren't many retail stores that are dying for extra people. Um, when you walk around downtown, you know, it's not, if retail's your thing, you're going to, like, you'd necessarily just get lucky. You'd meet a shop owner and then you would make about $10 an hour. Um, and so bringing your own job one way or another is, like, I think probably the best strategy as well because a full-time employee at most places down here is making less than 50000 probably like 30000 is, like, a decent job. Mm. Um and well, you know, like that's okay if you have no student debt and you have no, you're not carrying any kind of loans on you. Yeah. But if you're trying to accumulate wealth so that you can buy in Asheville, that's a slow <laughs> road at, at 30000 or at $10 an hour. Yeah. So bringing so how your did own that, job does make sense to me. So how did that translate into um, making it in Asheville and your new company that you started? Yeah. Uh, maybe you guys can kind of talk about that. Because so, I think it's super cool. So. so we were doing homework, like where could we get work? And I had gone a couple months at this point before we moved here. I had gone a couple months. I had left. I was doing like a little consulting at a startup. And um, that came to a close. And it was a couple months before we were planning to move. And nothing really had shown up. Uh, and so we were doing homework. Like where, like can we create some sort of serendipity in Asheville? Who can we meet with? Um what businesses seem cool, Sarah found a pretty cool opportunity at a marketing agency that a, that our, uh, 
officiant at our wedding, Jessica, who you'll meet soon, um, she used them to launch a book. And the business seemed really cool. And so Sarah got connected with them. She's going through interviews. And like all the while, I'm like, yeah, Sarah, like this is going to be so great. You're a perfect fit for them. And I'm like, hmm, like, (laughs) fuck, like we could probably, I think we could do, like I could, hmm, right? So I'm like, go Sarah, (laughs) team, like, you know, like crush this interview. And in my mind, I'm like, bring your own jobs, like bring your own jobs, (laughs) you know? And so when Sarah actually heard or when they said, "Hey, listen, we're going we think that you might be a fit for this other thing. It's coming down the road. Like, we'll keep you in mind." Uh, I was like, "Babe, <laughs> I think we can do something like that. Like, yeah. I think there's this opportunity. Like, we are so different, but we have like similar minds, right, and have similar visions. Like, at the very least, we." have an opportunity to tell our story. We have our, we have an opportunity to create something a la these blogs that Sarah's written for years. Um, but what if we did a couple other things and we made it, um, we made it about us, but really made it about other people. And I was like, so the, the idea kind of came up, which was like, people keep asking us, well, what are you going to do there? said, I don't know, like, we don't know, but we're going to, we're going to make it in Asheville, confident that we can, Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that was the title, and then we're like, well, if we don't know what we're doing, what's a good thing to do, we can ask people, how are they making it, and so it quickly became a podcast concept, because conversations are a lot easier than uh, written interviews, (coughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and so that was the loose concept, and we came up with that about three weeks before moving, does that all sound right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so my so now that you so now that you guys have finished like the first season of making yeah. it in Asheville. Congrats, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And it's such What's an arbitrary co- thing. Uh, season one's over. Like, yeah, seasons are whatever you call them. To call this the end of season. I know. Yeah, I mean, we did the same thing. <clears throat> it was for like, us, it's, it's just coming like, up. We're traveling a lot. We're not going to be able to record. <laughs> Let's just call this the end of the season <laughs> and take a break. <laughs> No, yours was way more thought out yeah. than that. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, me too. Uh, it was perfectly 10 interviews and, you know, yeah. five solo conversations. But yeah. So a couple so a couple of questions. Yeah. Like, number one, how, is it, how has podcasting maybe changed the dynamic of your relationship? Have you had better conversations? And then how also, I mean, second question, follow-up question. How is it being received in Asheville? What's kind of been the response? Ooh, okay. I'll take the first one. Um, I think that we've learned a lot about personalities through recording podcasts. At least mm-hmm. I have. Um, because I, I am, I like to write things down. Like, like, especially when we do like intros and outros and we're planning like, what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. I have to like write it down and say like, okay, this is like what we're aiming for. Mm-hmm. And Tone is over here and he's like, let's just go on the yeah. plot. Yeah. Like, she let's likes to run set it, plays. You know? I like to, you know, just freestyle. Yeah. But I don't you think run the wildcat. Yeah, I don't think we learned that. I think that got bolded and double underlined. Like we, yeah. you know, we <clears throat> realized truths about our personalities that get magnified when there's a recorder in your face. <clears throat> yes. Uh, yeah. And then I, and I realized too that maybe you don't. I think I learned that I need to do this for me, and for you, you can just wing it, and then we'll figure it out somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's good. 
similar to how how we are yeah very similar but i think it's also i like when we're interviewing guests they also want to have the questions beforehand yes so then that's why i like to kind of stick to a script if you will Mm -hmm. um and he'll kind of like go off and which is fine but then it's like okay we gotta like rain it back in she's always putting the the bumper lanes on yeah on me yeah because i i'll I'll go off the rails and sometimes she'll relax and go off the rails like when we had tony forrest on we planned to do an hour and we ended up doing three hours if you have if you have rails up with tony forrest you missed (laughs) up yeah (laughs) yeah we covered everything dude like but um yeah what's so what how has it been received in Asheville? i mean um it seems like everything's going really well have you guys had any like community response or thank i mean i think it's going about as well as we could have hoped for i mean we so we had almost no problem filling up our first 10 interviews and our next 10 uh, are on their way um it's been really cool like we interviewed uh, one of our clients now, uh, PJ, who's the owner of the like the really kind of classic, awesome small town butcher shop in town. And he's like, dude, just like today, two people told me that they'd heard my podcast episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that was just, you know, two or three <laughs> days ago. Uh, and then I was, we were walking down the street and uh, the wine shop on the street, which is really cool. Uh, their manager, when, when I saw him, because we had stopped and talked to him a couple times now, uh, he's like, dude, you'll never guess what I just finished. And I was like, season one of The Boys, because that's a sick <laughs> Amazon show right now. And he's like, no, season one of Making It in Nashville, all 15 eps, dude, it's Whoa. amazing. And he started, oh, quoting, wow. he started quoting back like all these conversations that we had had. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm, my, I, like, I'm in a full body sweat. That's really cool and weird. <laughs> and thank you. Like very generous. He's like, generous. I'm doing it because my wife is from the community. She hasn't been here in years. But like I don't know that much. And so it's actually been really helpful learning all these other people's stories, hearing a little bit about like what they like in town and what they're doing. He goes, this, it, it was perfect. It's been perfect for me. And I'm like, thanks, man. Like, you know, <laughs> it's weird so, when people tell you that they listen to it. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's still I, weird for it, me. Because it, so, it sort of feels like, you know, we have the conversation, which is great. Like, and that's what I think is the cool part about podcasting is like, no one needs to listen to these for me to think it's worth our time. 100%. If if I do a ton of editing, right? And if I do a ton of work to, like, because I I think we we peaked a couple times as I'm watching our recorder. Like, if I had to do a bunch of, like, editing, that's a little bit of a pain in the butt. But, like, generally the conversations are worth it on their own and have been amazing for us as, like, building relationships in town. And then you, like, push it to a website and then, you know, who the fuck knows? <laughs> like, there's no, it's so, the connection to the actual audience is so removed in the, in the medium yeah. that it doesn't feel real. Right. It feels like a conversation that we had kind of secretly and there was yeah. just totally. equipment there. Totally. Yeah. We're going to, um, we're going to hit pause to, real quick. No, no, She's no, going to no. grab you're, the. You're going to keep talking. I'm going to ask yeah. a question. I got to go get my extension cord. Just grab the um, black one. I'm pulling it Sure. <laughs> um... <laughs> Do you think 
it is beneficial for people who are not in Asheville to listen or do you think it's for Asheville ears only? Like what would people yeah. who don't live in Asheville get from the podcast? Yeah. Um, I think it's for anybody. Yeah. We talk a lot about, you know, I would say like the last 10 minutes of every episode we talk about local Asheville things and things you can do in Asheville. <clears throat> so if you're, you know, not here, that might be slightly irrelevant, but the right. rest of the podcast is... It's all entrepreneurship stuff. It's all, yeah. It's all like, how did you make your business and how did you decide to do this and yeah. why and what are your tips mm-hmm. and what is your advice? So definitely applicable to probably anywhere who's anyone who is interested in starting a business or just wants to learn more yeah. about what that kind of life is like or wants to learn more about, you know, um, butchery. They can listen to the episode with right. PJ or they want to learn more about photography. They can listen to the episode with our photographer, Sarah Hooker. So it's it's uh, applicable to, I think, just about anybody. Yeah, I would also, agree. Yeah. I would agree. Um, also, I mean, just to kind of go along with Tony, I think that, the dynamic of the re- of the conversation changes when you're podcasting because a you the phones are down no one has their phone out there's no other distractions and then it's almost like you're being f- not forced in a bad way but like forced into having these conversations so you really sit mm-hmm. and internalize questions and you're like yeah. I want to answer this in the best way possible. And I think it just, you really do get some gems as you're doing it. Yeah. And as, as I'm sure you've. It's, it's an sure excuse to like have a really deep, meaningful conversation. Yeah. Right. Otherwise yeah. you might never have because people totally. are like weird and they feel maybe like, why, why I'm not going to ask that person that, you know, that's yeah. too deep, but and it's allowed yeah. in the podcast. And I completely agree with all of that. And I think that the beauty of having that type of, dialogue with actual conversations like spoken rather than written or like sending over the email and letting them write out a response is that there is no spell check when you're talking there is no writer's block if i asked you the hardest question you've ever been asked you would go hmm well, I guess my best version of an answer right now is, and you just right. say that, and you'll be like, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, and then you'd say it a new way, and it's like, yeah. it allows for meaningful conversations to happen in you know everyday language, whereas when I ask you a meaningful question that you think you need to write a response to, all of a sudden you start putting clauses and weird shit in and try to write <laughs> with like a smart tone, and it's <laughs> a mess. It's always a mess. But if you're talking to people... Uh, you can kind of set the tone and make it feel safe and they can tell you what they're actually thinking, feeling, doing. Um, and that's why I love yeah. podcasts. And I know Seth Godin just came out with like a list of a blog post on podcasts um, and, and why everyone should start a podcast now. And yeah. one, of, one of his points was very much that, which is there's no writer's block when you're podcasting and it's yeah. the mm-hmm. easiest, quickest potentially you know potential way to get your idea across to the world mm-hmm. it's yeah. crazy yeah a blogging kind of i mean that. also like i was i was said this the other night like you know god forbid something happened to alex you know i have 57 hours of audio of conversations that we've just had and laughs you know yeah. what i mean yeah. like what a Memories. gift yeah. to myself mm-hmm. that would be not that anything's gonna happen but like <laughs> it's cool because yeah <clears throat> You know, we had Amy and Jordan on the podcast who have three kids and they're like, it's kind of a cool thing. Like, you know, 
if you have kids that they could go back and like listen to it and like there's you know it's all out there in the ether so but yeah i think that the benefits of making it far outweigh whether anyone's listening to it i've gotten a tremendous amount of value from it yeah so that kind of leads me into my next question is of all the people that you're talking to on the podcast have any of them become clients become clients i mean so we the butcher shop (coughs) was already on their way to becoming a client um and then i don't think we've gotten any other Asheville based clients no uh not yet and like the the reality is hmm, is in a you know when i think about the business our business model right so we just did an episode where it was just the two of us it was like our wrap-up and our business model if you were to break it down kind of mechanically is like we have this very wide concept of what like a top of our funnel will be and that is um that is just this level of awareness people who listen to the podcast or people who we interview for the podcast but if we're interviewing you you've already made it through some version or another of like a filter or we've been connected or we had coffee first um and so from that to become a client is rarely going to be fast. And so like our whole mindset on this is like, it's really all about the long game. Like we have a bunch of local conversations going on with people to, to assess our fit for them and their fit with us. Um, but so far, no, no one that's been on the podcast is a new client of ours. Interesting. Let's, that's interesting. I would have thought it would have been like 80%. No. Like no. just based on like. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. the well, I think a lot of the people you are interviewing work for themselves, have their own businesses. I'm sure they're doing kind of most of it themselves. Depending on how long they've been around, they might not have the financial um, yeah. income or whatever yeah. to hire other people. They kind of have to do it themselves for a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and one of our, you know, we. We want, we would want, Corey, to your point, we'd want about 80% to go, dang, those guys are good. It'd be cool if we could work together. And that's a very different thing than working with 80% of our clients. That would mean we have eight clients based on 10 interviews. And that would mean like, we'd be swimming. We'd, we, it would, that would be such a radical change in what our yeah. days look like. Right now we have yeah. uh, four clients and we, st- we need to figure we have full days. <laughs> we have very full days. Yeah. And so it's like to go and start taking in a new client, that would just effectively mean that they need to be the biggest opportunity of the current four clients that we have. And so um, I'm with you. And what we have heard is some people say, when the, to your point, Alex, when the time is right, mm-hmm. yeah, we want to work with you, which is so yeah. cool. I mean, it's only been three months and, and – yeah. To have anyone even be close to that energetically is crazy because almost all of the people that we're going to be working with, like it is their not only livelihood, but it's their passion. It's their like life's work, this business or this project or this craft. And so uh, that's a huge deal. It's a huge yeah. deal. Don't take it away. Um, yeah, I want to kind of switch gears mm-hmm. and talk a little bit about relationship. Um, but before that, I wanted to talk about um, kind of how you made these decisions financially because I think a lot of people 
it's so popular right now to work for yourself and it's so popular to start your own business and be easy. your own boss, which, yeah, it's easy, easy. to start to yeah. start. Yeah, it's easy to start. <laughs> um, and it can be really, really great, but it also can be really, really scary. Oh, man. So talk me through kind of the thoughts and the conversations you would have with each other because I believe, I mean, Corey and I talk about this all the time and um, the importance of communication and the importance of making decisions together because whether it's financially or not, they're going to affect you and your partner. So talk me through kind of the process you went through with, okay, we're going to start this thing. How are we going to move? Because moving can be Mm -hmm. expensive and let go of our financial security. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this one hits home for me because this has probably mm-hmm. been like the hardest thing, mm-hmm. at least for me anyways. Um, Every time we do check-ins, this is the thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Anyways, so I guess from the transition, we were lucky that we had some money saved up and that I had my, my job with Italy even up until like last month. I was working for them remotely while they were finding a replacement, so... I had a nice, like, we had a nice cushion, I guess, or a nice way to transition into this. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was working with Italy, but then we were also starting the business at the same time. Um, so that was very helpful, financially speaking. Starting with a client is always a good strategy. Yeah, and you had a yeah. client right when you started. We had a client. Um, it was my mom's beach house. Nice. <laughs> home. Um, she wanted help. She came to us. She was like, you know what? I could really use your help in promoting um, our, our beach house. We're just not getting bookings during the off season. And Tony and I were like, hmm, that's very interesting because we were very interested in real estate and we're interested in potentially buying a property and renting it one day. And so we took this opportunity, A, to get a first client and to like say, yes, we have a client to other yeah. potential clients. Um, and then B, to learn more about the real estate business. So, or vacation rental business, I guess. Um, so that was helpful. That gave us like a starting point and a starting money, I guess, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And then, yeah, I mean, since then, it's honestly just been figuring out the numbers and saying, okay, this is how much money we have saved up. This is how many clients we we need to get or how much, you know, revenue we need to be bringing in. And uh, we're still kind of slowly building up to that, I think. I don't think we've. We don't, I don't think we've reached a point where we're saying, "Okay, cool, we're making enough money to cover our baseline expenses," but we are making. We've you been know, so we've been profitable as a business growing. from day one. We have not been cash flow positive as a yes. as a relationship mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. yet. So um, there are a couple things that really I think helped. One was that uh, we prioritized communicating and talking about what's up, what was needed, and what was going to make it feel safe, right? So for me, I have experience spending a year on friends' couches across (laughs) New York City. I won't name the friends, but uh, some of the friends have two cats <laughs> and, and, right. a podcast. Podcast. <laughs> and a podcast. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I am comfortable in that uncomfortable. Like, I know that if push came to shove, uh, I know that there are couches across the country that I could end up on. 
at the time I was not in a committed relationship. I was not in a, uh, I did not have a fiance. I was not preparing to get married. So like the world is radically different than when mm-hmm. I was sleeping on friends' couches. And so what I prioritized was checking in with Sarah and seeing where her appetite for this unknown was. And it was a lot less than mine. And that's absolutely fine. So what we worked on was getting a sense of what would be needed, right? So do we need to have an Excel spreadsheet or, you know, a Google <coughs> sheet that has uh, our cash flow and our, like, our financial statements and, uh, and understand and track the entire process? Yes. Cool. Let's build it. Do we need to know uh, how much money we have saved, uh, run an expectation of not making any money, and see how long that would last us? Cool, let's build that. And so um, there was a bunch of stuff that was very, uh, I'd say, like actionable that she communicated would help, and we got busy doing those things. And then it was like, we need more clients. And so we get busy having conversations to grow the client list. I think, I think as a concept, like the takeaway, if you're listening to this for how do you, how do I start my own business? One is I think focus on the important stuff. So we didn't spend a, a ton of money on a website hosting, uh, design work packaging. We focused on finding clients and, and like getting revenue. And so it was helpful that she had a contract. She had, she had positioned a full-time job into a contract with Italy. That was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be one month. It grew beyond one month. Um, we had a client, which was her mom's beach house. And then we just kept having conversations with people to build a client list while, while the only activities that weren't that was building a podcast, which we believed would be some version or another of lead gen and yeah. um, you know marker trail markers for people to find us, um, in the, in the ether. Yeah. But it was not, I mean, and it still is not like a crazy lucrative, um, thing. Another point is that I, after leaving my full-time job, I moved quickly into a consulting gig. Um, I had, I had saved in the full-time startup gig. Uh, and so there's a little bit of money going away, or put, being put away, but while I was working there, my priority was paying down loans. So I yeah. wasn't saving a ton. Yeah. Because I knew that I was con- continue to make money, air quotes. <laughs> then, when, you know, then when I got this um, consulting gig, I was like, I don't know that I'm going to continue to make money or for how long. I was saving at uh, 40%. So for every $1,000 I made, 400 went into a savings account. It was a huge deal. And the ability to live on you know, 60% of the money that you make isn't possible for everyone, but it was at that time. Yeah. And so, you know, Sarah continued to have a steady paycheck, came in every two weeks. I um, didn't any longer, but I had put thousands of dollars away. And so, you know, today we're, we're drawing a tiny bit from this pile of money that we had planned to put towards uh, starting here but we're also growing that revenue engine and i think we're pretty close to hitting break even um and we've done you know we've spent money on the business yeah we spent a bunch of money yeah we've, we've invested i mean on that's all, all of this gear and yeah. stuff yeah it's, it's been worth it i think if i can add like a few things yeah please one is read remit Sethi. 
Like yeah. any, every couple should read yeah. Ramid Sethi's I Will Teach You to Be Rich. It sounds like a really weird title, but that has helped us deeply, immensely, and and just talking about money. Can you say the author's name one more time? Ramit Sethi. So he's a, he's a New York mm-hmm. guy. We, we, it'll be in the show notes on the podcast page. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ramit's based out of New York. We, yeah, we he's find ourselves saying like, what would Ramit do? Or what would Ramit say? And then we go and we Google what Ramit says and then that's, that's what we do. And like, yeah. it's honestly it's, been... It's cool to have a third party kind of like arbiter that we both agree and kind of yeah. believe in. That's awesome. I'll definitely, uh, yeah. I need to get that book for sure. There's that. And then I would say we look at our expenses and our money every week and by yeah. doing that it's less scary and yeah. we talk yeah. about yeah. it and you then we're like happening. oh yeah. cool yeah. we need yeah. to make more money or b we need to like dip into savings or c you know whatever it is we're able to just like look at it look yeah. at it in the face it's not scary anymore not scary yeah. and, and sarah's our cfo so hey. our you know like if it were me i'd be like let's fucking go <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> but she's our cfo so it has to you know uh she has kind of the the ability to to veto any, yeah. Any Same. expense. Yeah. Same. Which is cool. Yeah. So when you sit down and look at money and stuff, you're looking at like a Google spreadsheet or a Google Doc um, or something. And then do you two sit down together and say, like, okay, look, this is how much we've, this is how much has come out. This is how much has come in. And because I know that some in our relationship, there's been times where only I have done it or only Corey has done it. And then there's times that we have sat down and do it together. And when I've talked to other couples about it, it sometimes seems that there is only one person. Um, but I think that it's important for couples to share that. So I'm wondering what your dialogue is with each other and how you go about that. Yeah. So we decided... Um, a few months ago that we needed at least one person in charge of like paying the bills, uh, Mm -hmm. making sure that everything was like done on time, making sure that we didn't like, you know, go negative or whatever. And so I was like, I'll do that. You know, I I have, I have a background in accounting, so I'll do that. Um, (laughs) MBA. Yeah. (laughs) Background in accounting. So we, so every week we, I make a point to go in and just like check on things. And we do have a spreadsheet that we built together, mm-hmm. which is just like a budgeting spreadsheet saying like, this is how much he spends on phone and I spend on health insurance and blah, blah, blah. Like putting it up all the necessary expenses yeah. in there. Um, and then if something is like a red flag, I usually just bring it up to Tony and I'm like, Hey, we probably spent a little too much on like going out to eat this month you know, this is realistically like we can go out, you know, X amount of times per week. And then we're both kind of on the same, we're both on the same page yeah. of what we should be spending. And then well, before we buy anything, like if he's like, we need to get this podcasting equipment or whatever, he runs it by me. And then I'm <laughs> like, yes or no, depending on yeah. Wh- yeah. whether or not we think it's necessary. And there've been some disagreements, like totally. some things that, you know, that's normal. Well, I mean, I remember, I remember when I, sorry, um, when Nate and I decided to move into an office, like it was a contested point between Alex and I, like, oh yeah, she thought it was a terrible idea. Yeah. And I I, I disagreed with her. Yeah. I saw the company as not making money and why would you spend more money for an office space Mm. when you're not making any money? Um, yeah, it was, that was a challenging point. Yeah. We actually kind of like stopped talking about it because uh, I just was yeah. like, no, like, yeah, not 
Not in like a, it's just, she wasn't going to change my mind and the deed was already done. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. she was just kind of like, I disagree with this, but I think I would argue that it was probably the best thing that we could have done. It did turn out to be a good thing. It just seemed in the moment. And that's the thing is I knew it was going to be a good thing yeah. for you. Yeah, you would never doubt it. Financially, I just didn't think it was the right time. I knew yeah. it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. It just didn't seem like the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, so. yeah. I mean, that's the weird thing. Like there's no, there's no calculation that we can make on a lot of decisions like that that are going to say, yo, this is actually the perfect time. Um, yeah i feel like that if you're waiting around for it it's not gonna happen yeah it's it's, yeah in some in some things i don't i don't don't know we recently well i don't know we had an argument but disagreed about like whether or not we need to pay someone for a logo design and a website design um for the marketing you know agency side of the business Mm -hmm. and and one of the key things that I, (laughs) I, i subscribe to is that we don't need to agree. Like yeah, we yeah. don't no. we don't need to agree. I think as long as we both communicate what mm-hmm. we're feeling and thinking and don't put stuff in our pockets on the idea that one day I'm gonna go, see, ha, I fucking told you. Yeah. Then what's you know, we don't yeah. need to agree. It's just like I need to tell you what I'm thinking, because if I mm-hmm. don't, that's not good for yes. me and it's not good for you and it's not good for us. Yeah. So I need to tell you what I'm thinking. We can make whatever just what and I, I, I use the word, the language, we can make whatever choice we want uh, because at the end of the day, we can always change our choice um, and, and we the, can earn whatever mistakes we make. Mm-hmm. What I would also argue is that like, if you can remove the fact that you disagree about the one thing, you're both on the same team fighting yeah. for the same goal. Exactly. Yeah. So like you're, you know. So yeah. That you're was both- actually a huge moment. The first time, do you mind if I go full details on <laughs> No. <laughs> so the first time that we had so there was two uh, that's one of the two kind of things where we were <coughs> felt sticking points for at a moment like we feel like we're on different sides yeah. um and then the other one was like i'm very interested in getting a pistol i have a permit to purchase a pistol in north carolina like i'm very interested in getting a pistol and getting competency in pistols going to like uh, a range down here and I was like, Sarah, I look forward to like bringing you to the range. And she's like, I don't, I'm not necessarily interested. And so we have this conversation about, about it. And Sarah started crying at one point. I'm like, I don't, nothing about what I was trying to do here should have, the outcome should have been like, that make response. you cry if I was doing this right. And what we got to was the was the realization and it took a little while but the realization was that we both want the safest nicest introduction to pistols for security for safety and for general education as possible our approaches and thoughts as to what that would be were different i was like i would love to have one in our home that's broken into pieces that we put together that you know is safe that you understand how it works and she's like i think we should do that at the range and i'm like ranges can be scary (laughs) like there are people (laughs) sometimes shooting 50 caliber rifles near you booms bangs that's not where i I would want to learn 
But for me, it was in context yeah. of like, that's where people go to shoot pistols. <laughs> yeah. Our home is not like, where I see having yeah. a gun. So to me, that's out of context and it's scarier. Yeah. yeah. So, but, yeah. but we both wanted yeah. the same thing. And it took a little while to realize, holy shit, what we're saying is we want this to be yeah. safe. We want this to be like as healthy <clears throat> and as non risky as possible. We just weren't communicating like we were on the exact same team for a couple minutes. We yeah, we've definitely done that. I mean, we've been together twelve years. This happened more than twenty <laughs> times. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you feel being in a relationship and working together? Um, Corey and I kind of have we have done things in the past where we worked together, but we've never full time have worked with each other. And some people say like I could never work with my partner and that's fine that's good that they know that but how do you feel working with one another living with one another um how do you separate yeah how do you how do you separate and um yeah he's gonna ask another question but I'll leave it at that for now (laughs) well what I will say is that when Tony and I first started like realizing that we liked each other let's say that was it was seven or eight years ago in Italy um we had very much a working kind of relationship (laughs) where Tony was constantly you know I was I was telling him about my blog and what I was doing in Italy and he was constantly pushing me to like make money off this blog and like get opt-ins on the (laughs) website all this stuff you know so we were constantly actually talking about business in the beginning Almost um, yeah. before we even admitted that we liked each other yeah. so I think in many ways we it were was kind, kind of, of like instilled since the beginning yeah yeah we yeah. were like kind of mentors slid into our DMs with yo that's a strong call to action <laughs> <laughs> he's got game <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah the Tony's pickup Tony's pickup line was uh you got to get an opt-in you gotta get like <laughs> that's a great or article I'll help you with an opt-in. that's a strong yeah. call to action but like how are you going to access them in the future? You got to start building that email list, boo. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. 2014, man. It's 2013. Same story. Same story. Um, but yeah, so I, when we, we took a trip to Italy in October and I got to meet some of Sarah's friends. Um, and one of the, uh, one of the groups of friends that we met was this husband and wife based in Rome that run a proper bed and breakfast that is super cute. Um, and they do a bunch of like community activities in Rome. They're and called the beehive. It's called the beehive, uh, linked in the show notes. Tell them we said what up. And, um, the stop making me do more work. <laughs> And, uh, Fucking overachievers and so, and over so we, we were having this conversation with them, and they're like the cutest little couple, and they told us this incredible, like incredible tale of their love, and what they said, which really resonated with me, was like we. And Alex, to your point, r- there are many different types of relationships, and so this is not for everyone, and you are not wrong if this is, yeah. if this is not you, but they said. We love each other so much. We are each other's favorite person. We started a business so that we could spend more time, more with time each other. together. Yeah, that's and awesome. 
I was like, man, if that's not the cutest thing I've heard today, and then it ended up being like a, a thing that kind of stuck with me. And so, you know, it hasn't, I don't think working together has been hard. I think we've already had a bunch of different versions of it, to Sarah's point, over the yeah. years. And then, you know, our intro into working together was Sarah doing a lot of hours a day for Italy. Mm-hmm. So that we kind of had this on ramp to where, like, if if it wasn't working, we might have known while we weren't both totally one hundred percent in on this thing, um, and now we're at this totally one hundred percent in on this thing. We have a pretty good system in place. Um, yeah, I, I mean, know. I think the biggest thing for us has been for me has been understanding our personalities and how Tony works differently than I do and vice versa and (laughs) communicating, like constantly communicating. And so we've kind of set up like every morning we quickly sync on what we're going to do that day so that if he needs my help reviewing a newsletter or I need his help with setting up some technology thing he knows ahead of time I know ahead of time and it's not like whoa surprise you've yeah. just you've just messed up the feng shui of my day um you... and then we have weekly weekly meetings as well where we just go through everything like personal to-do lists uh business to-do list making it a Nashville to-do list client to-do list and make sure that like he knows he's got to do something I know I got to yeah. do something and we're trying to get Smart. as much as we can out of each other's brains yeah, and into yeah. a shared kind of document. Um, and it's Offloading. Pr- it's proven to be helpful. Yeah. Um, and I think there's there's a bunch that will learn and kind of probably improve over time. But generally speaking, I feel like we have a pretty solid system in place right now. We dropped a couple things in email because we're using a shared email system right now. But then we cleaned up the email process, and that seems to be really helpful. Um but yeah, Sarah's Sarah did a little Enneagram homework, uh, and I'm yeah, I haven't I, done that. Oh, what that's what's up. Highly recommend. One of our, yeah. one of, we we were think, talking about yeah, it. Our when shared, we were with them. yeah, our shared personality. It's probably yeah. our preferred it's like a personality. personality test. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. And that's it's right. Our, our it's our shared preferred personality test. I'm a hmm. seven. You're a one. Yes. So everyone has a number one through nine, and then. There's a bunch of intricacies based yeah. on that number. So yeah, you we got to do that. Yeah. Okay. But in yeah. short, she likes things scheduled, yeah. organized, planned, prepared, and perfect. Mm-hmm. And I need things to be fun. And so she keeps going, oh, that's right. I need to make this fun for you. <laughs> Here's the little treat that I can dangle <laughs> like, to make this interesting. Yeah. So that's... like an example, I would be like, oh, we need to clean the house before we can go out and go to this brewery. And Tony would be like, but I want to go to the brewery first and then we can clean the house after. Because you know, drunk cleaning is so fun. Yeah. yeah. So, so then she's like, what if I turned on music really loud. I'm like, that's better. And then she's like, what if I scratched your back for a minute? I'm like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's so like, true. Literally me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so it's like, no, I mean, I love that. that's been, that's been the whole process. And I think, you know, that, uh, that's a transferable. I don't think it matters if you're working together. It's yeah. like, we've yeah. been really, really intentional on communicating 
mm-hmm. and on defaulting to the assumption that we are both trying our best and want the best. Yeah. And then like really trying to do the homework as to like, who are they? Who is this other person that I'm planning to spend my entire freaking life with? And the more I can learn, the better. And we've been, I think we've been doing those three things pretty religiously at this point. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. What's, what's your, what's your love languages? Ooh, yeah. Um, Tony's love language is our words. Yeah, so he he likes to be like, oh, good boy. He's a puppy dog. Literally, I'm a dog. You need to pet me, and you need to tell me that I'm a good boy. Physical touch and words of affirmation. Yeah. Yeah, words of affirmation, physical touch are one and two for me. Yes, physical touch too, yes. So that's what you did it without even knowing. Yeah, he likes to be like, you know, if I just (laughs) rub his shoulder, he feels really good. (laughs) Okay. And then what's Sarah's? I I think mine is... Oh, Tony. Tony, what's Sarah's? Oh. Yeah. So she likes quality time and in, like intention. No. Oh. Acts of service? <laughs> no. My love language, I think it's a mix of words of affirmation and gifts. Do you like to, re- is that how you like to receive love or how you like to give love? Because the, sometimes yeah. they can be different. You can like yeah. to receive differently than you'd like to give. Yeah. I think I, I would say I like receiving most words of affirmation. And like gold stars, if that yeah. makes sense. Like I like when, when people are like, oh, you've done a really good job, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then giving, I don't know. I, so maybe that's, a that's both. interesting. Giving gifts. I, I'm communicating that as be intentional and like, and sh- show like, that's so interesting. You've n- never once has it occurred to me, and we've done this, but like giving gifts well, like like a card. Like I love, I like receiving cards. I also like giving cards. I wish that I did more of it, and I, a lot yeah. of that comes from my mom. Alex is, Alex does that a lot too. She's a gift giver. She gives gar- cards and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Well, well, dang. Yeah. Love languages are important. It's really helped us. Yeah, that was really big for us, and I definitely the next step is the enneagram test. That's what it's called. Yeah. I yeah. gotta get it done. It's, Lots of yeah. good stuff. It's fun. It's I it's mean, important it's, to know how what your partner needs because I think that's like the the love language thing for us. It was really important because, and I've mentioned this many a times on the podcast. When he comes home, he wants me to immediately hug and kiss and give him physical touch, and giving physical touch is the lowest <laughs> on my list. So. <laughs> It helps us understand that even though I don't immediately run to the door and hug him, doesn't mean she I don't love him. Touch me. <laughs> That's not true, <laughs> but it's just the lowest on my list, and I have to do a better job of running to the door and touching him. You don't and have him. to run to the door. I, that is so. That is such a mischaracterization of how I am. But how many times have <clears throat> have I? come home or have do you, you know, walked do you in want the to door? know why i like that so much because my i don't remember my parents ever doing it yeah and yeah. i was like i knew my parents hated each other yeah you know what i mean like yeah. i feel like that's part of like yeah. if we're lucky enough to have kids like that's i want that to be like my dad loves my mom i love yeah. you i think yeah. it's a sign of like i know, you know but but my point is knowing that and it's not that you don't like getting a hug 
No, of course not. Yeah. Who doesn't like getting a hug? It's just the least. Sorry, I had to twist your arm to get a hug. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. That's a, but that but means, I, the, I, po- I hear you. I hear the you. point is, we need to learn that, and we have learned that I need to give a little more, and he needs to understand that it's not because I don't love him. And the same as to you were saying, Sarah needs to learn that if she wants you and Tony to clean the house, you have to put on loud music and go, good job. <laughs> and and conversely, like I have to be very clear about when I'm going to be home. Because if I'm like, oh, I'm done shooting at six, but yeah, I'm actually going to be home at nine. Mine is time. I just tell, time. So I usually will give myself an hour buffer with her. If I'm like, oh, I think I could be home at six, I'll be like, I'll be home at seven because I don't want to disappoint her because yeah. I know that spending time is important mm-hmm. and I need yeah. to be sensitive to that. Yeah. I'm really into that. And I'm also into like explicit versus implicit communication. Yeah. And so it's one thing to be like, hey, um, you know, I, my shoot is done around six tonight. And it's a very different thing to say, hey, I expect to be home at seven and I can't wait to watch The Bachelor with you at 730. <laughs> That's very explicit. And like yeah. that's you're saying you've you've created the, the space for Timeline. exactly what you want to yeah. happen. You are a priority. I can't wait to be home and do the thing that you love with you. Um and there's a lot of times I think where people will say something and in their mind it signals and we're gonna do the thing that we talked about because I said the thing and this is what I mean when I say shoots over at six, you should know based on how long it, you know, like that's yeah. so it puts so much of the responsibility on the other person to understand what you're saying that I yeah. really tried and I'm not necessarily good at it yet, but like almost every time I feel something like, well, sh- why didn't she do this or how it's cause I didn't, yeah, I didn't communicate explicitly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a me thing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then when real. I do communicate explicitly about putting the knives away and she doesn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, realized just, it's that's not, that's not what it's all yeah. about. Yeah, uh, Tank Sinatra, my, one of my favorite Instagram accounts. He's a meme guy. Um, Tank Sinatra, and then Tank's Good News. He has this little audio thing that he said, uh, and it really resonated with me. He's like, "My wife will fall asleep, go to bed before me, and leave candles burning." <laughs> And he's like, I've talked to her so many times. I've said, don't you know that this could cause a fire, burn down our house, kill our children? Like, it's a, this is a dangerous thing. He's like, I know she knows. <laughs> and he goes, going to bed after blowing out candles with a deep hit, or like trying to wake my wife up to make her realize that she <laughs> left the candle on. He goes, why? Why would I blow the fucking candle out? Yeah. Blow the candle out. The reason why she leaves the candle burning is because she trusts you as a protector. Chill out. Yeah, blow the candle out. That's a good out. point. Just go to bed. Like, and, and this is part of being a human. And I'm like, man, as I clean the knife and put it away and don't worry about <laughs> the fact <laughs> that the knife is left out, I'm like, there's a lot of lessons here in being a human. Yeah. <laughs> is it funny? Yeah. Love right. it. You have more questions? I mean, I could have more questions. I do, but I think we can. We just do. We hit an hour and 10 minutes already. Dang, Doesn't feel like flies. it. Time flies. So what we, I have a question. Okay. What's, we were in, 
I believe the fourth quarter of 2019. Jeez. Two part question for you both. Mm. <laughs> Is there a space? <laughs> fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, we're about we're to hit Q4. Quarter. Yeah, we're in about to hit quarter three. Yeah. yeah so we're in quarter three, guys. Right. right. Q3 about to hit yeah, Q4. Yeah, but, but, but like it's coming. September is right. I agree. I'm a, <laughs> yeah. Tony, I'm with you. We got a couple plays before the fourth quarter. <laughs> okay. Like two months. <laughs> what are you talking about? Two months. It's August. September, October, November, it's December. It's the beginning Shit, of August. Right. <laughs> so we're in the middle of the third quarter. <laughs> Damn it. All right. So we're rapidly approaching right <laughs> we're in august of 20 who would have believed it we're in august of 2019 <laughs> sarah you're right <laughs> i don't love the laughter i think that we're on the same page sarah was right. <laughs> favorite part of 2019 so far and what are you most looking forward to in the back uh quarter and a half did he ask about what the I don't know what Corey's doing. Can you repeat the question, Tone? Um, the, yeah, that was weird. The <laughs> I'm is, syncing the audio. I'm getting your voice and throwing it into my microphone because I hit st- to stop recording so I can oh. sync it. Uh-huh. I got you. Uh, so what? And you have our audio. Favorite part of 2019 so far and then uh, uh, most looking forward to oh. in the last couple months. Oh, wow. I mean, I think, I think like not to sound like I'm placating to the audience, but don't I really enjoyed Asheville. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Don't say don't say Asheville. <laughs> no, keep going. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed coming to see you guys. Yeah. I was relaxed as I'd ever been. You know, uh, business is going really well right now, so like my stress and anxiety level is really low. Um, hmm. But I really got to. I felt like relaxed and very well taken care of. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, that was definitely one of my favorite things. Also, out, seeing Alex's uh, performance at her. And just to see her in her master's uh, mode right at the very end, I felt very lucky. Um, mm. I'm bummed I didn't get to see her walk, but, you know, whatever. I didn't walk, so you didn't miss anything. I know she didn't walk. <laughs> I wanted her to walk, but oh. she didn't walk. I get to see her walk most days. She walks around the kitchen. She walks around the door. <laughs> yeah. I uh, never get to see her walk. Yeah. And then most looking forward to, um, I'm fingers crossed that we can take that I can take the month of December off. I would like really like to just Whoa. cut it out. Yeah. So uh, I'd love to go yeah. home. I would love to go home for a month and just hang out with my dad and my mom and um, and, and and renovate a RV. Renovate an RV like with my dad. That'd be or a, a van. Build a van yeah, with my dad. Van. Sprinter van. That'd be dope. Mm. Uh, there has been a lot of exciting things for me. This year, um, going to Tel Aviv. Oh shit! Which Tel Aviv. is why I said, "Don't say it." <laughs> oh, Tel Aviv. <laughs> um, yeah. Going to Tel Aviv, finishing grad school. Um, I did really enjoy going to Asheville because that was my first vacation in two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's also yeah. You and were so it relaxed. was. Well, yeah, I didn't have anything to fucking do. <laughs> no thesis. <laughs> no thesis. No. I luckily I don't really take work with me, so I can't really. Um, um, yeah, it was that was really really nice. Um, and looking forward to I'm looking forward to y'all's wedding. Yeah, um, very much so. <laughs> I have a couple of like potential job things in California 
that are just like really they're not anything yet but they could be and that's exciting because it could be i have a performance coming up at the end of the month that's exciting yeah yeah how about you what about y'all should we do this instead of uh, most exciting thing of 2019 so far definitely just moving here um that's that like encompasses a whole bunch of things from starting our business to having this podcast and all that stuff uh, and then looking forward to looking forward to our wedding yeah dude as well yeah, yeah. no brainer and, well most importantly our well the wedding and then <laughs> the honeymoon which we are in full planning mode right now yes which we're going to portugal yeah. And that is very exciting. Portuguese. Um, Luke Greenberg just went to Portugal. If you, um, I'm sure you have lots of references, but he um, just went, and you might be able to hit him up for some places to go. And, and that's PT Luke. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what up in the show notes, Luke? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, uh, I don't know. My favorite part of. 2019 so far uh, would have been we had you know our going away day party was a lot of fun for me. It was I had, so like my parents all the way came up until town. 4 a.m. <laughs> Damn right! Like my parents came to town. I had friends come in from out of town. Um, you know, I was one of the first times that like. I let, like Sarah went home and I went out. Like, <laughs> I had gone out a lot solo and we freaking burnt it down. Yeah, in, we did. <laughs> wherever that is, Soho or whatever, for uh, Jesse's girl. girl. That was like a really dense, you know, I don't know what, 10 hours of, of party, of excitement, yeah. of uh, special. And then, <laughs> what was that? Just talking about your Enneagram. I'm like, number seven. Number, number seven. <laughs> fun, excitement. Fun, fun, fun. You know, uh, that was really great. I, I, I think our, the welcome that Asheville has thrown for us has been um, better than we could have hoped for. And then I'm absolutely looking forward to, um, you know, the party that sh- should feel like a party the entire time mm-hmm. uh, of our wedding, of that weekend, and then of the, you know, coming down in Portugal, which promises to be really sweet. We're one of part of the trips based on uh, the recommendation of an of a old friend from grade school. Uh, we're staying in this like surfer uh, bungalows cool. hotel thing where like you can do yoga, rent skateboards. They do like surf classes and all sorts of stuff. Um, and it's just going to be really interesting we might go surfing might learn to skateboard bomb some hills on some long no big deal totally different nice <laughs> love it that's awesome but, yeah. love it well uh we dang. we usually finish with Do it. funniest and most embarrassing um thing that happened to you if there's anything that super stands out i'm trying to think oh. of something that's really fu- yeah funny that happened when we were in our trip there's lots of funny things. But. Oh, oh! So this isn't of the last. No, week. no, no. I mean, it can be. I, sometimes okay. we do a throwback. Go ahead. Cool. Um, well, most embarrassing. It wasn't that embarrassing, but it was a little embarrassing. Um, for whatever reason, we're still pretty cool about like not farting around each other. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you know my like 
icebreaker with Sarah like the first couple of weeks. I kind of <laughs> fell asleep. Apology for the night fart thing. <laughs> yeah. The night Call fart. A, the the sh- shart or no the, no, the, the snort. snort snort snore. Oh God, it wasn't a shark. Which is well, so it's a <laughs> so. snore fart. You wake yourself up thinking you're snoring, but, but you're you actually farting. fart. Right. So that happened like really early <laughs> in our relationship, and then there haven't been farts since. And then earlier this week. A duck I came like, into your I apartment. Like, I, yeah, I go, oh no. Like, Sarah's like, what happened? I was like, I need to go change my pants. <laughs> Are you serious? I was like, just in case. I, honestly, that surprised me. Like, the shit out of me. Surprised the shit out of me. So, expecting you to say that <laughs> so sharp might have been so you know just for safety precautions and the defense of the innocent oh and change the old pantalones a couple minutes later <laughs> uh that was pretty embarrassing <laughs> yeah and then oh my the gosh. hardest laugh i mean we just went to a comedy show i don't know if there was a single moment in that that was the hardest laugh but there were several moments that were um really good i just thought that was that's awesome cool. yeah we've, we've gotten a a couple comedy shows since being in town. Um, also that, you know, the, the La Zoom tour that we all yeah. went on. That wasn't bad. That was fun. That was great. Uh, I really enjoyed well, that. I had yeah. a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're trying to interview them in season two. Yeah, yes. do it. That'll be yeah. fun. Put out a good... So La Zoom Room, that'll be uh, in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it will not. <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, yeah. If you want to figure out Lazoom, Google it or go over Google to Google that shit. Go That'll be on Google, making it in Asheville on Instagram and slide yeah. into their DMs. Anything funny happened to you this week, Sarah? <laughs> Say it again. Anything Sorry, funny happened to up. you, Sarah? Or did you do anything stupid or embarrassing? I can't think. I don't know. Did you did shit I do your anything pants? stupid or embarrassing, Tony? Never, boo. I have. I just don't remember. <laughs> I did something I, stupid. I, I do think about uh, when you guys came to Asheville and that beautiful view that we had. Oh man, that that, what, that might have been some of the best laughs. <laughs> I that think was so pretty too. Funny. So, oh my god, th- we had this decision that we were the first night we were there. We were gonna go to the top of this mountain. We packed a picnic. We were gonna look out at the view. Ev- it was a perfect day. Yeah, perfect it was a day. Perfect day. We're driving up the mountain. It's looking good. We get a little higher, a little higher. It's starting to get a little foggy and then even more foggy and then even more foggy. And we get to the top and you can't see more than 10 feet in front of you. It's so foggy. and But we still sat still and had, had a great picnic. picnic. Oh, my God. But yeah, that, shivered. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> cold. Up. That was so We were in a cloud. Like, we were in a cloud. The view is 10 out of 10, knock your socks off. <laughs> if executed properly it, and we were hyping it up it was going to be so fun and then we get up there and the whole time it's literally it's like you were in the most steamiest steam room of all time we couldn't see trees that not were like warm and yeah. freezing yeah it was yeah. That's no, it. And, but also it was awesome yeah, yeah it was awesome um i did something okay. stupid um my clients that i cook for they sent me some days that they weren't going to need need me because they were going to be traveling and whatnot. And I got 
I was mis I misunderstood because they didn't say dates. They said like this week and next week. And I took it to be this week because I wasn't cooking for them and I knew that. And then next week, but they meant it as like next week and then the week after. Anyway, so I went to cook mm. for clients when they didn't need me and I sent them the email and then they replied back, we're gone. We told you that. And I mm. hate wasting food. And I asked if I could come back in and take the food out. And they never got back to me. And I just was so mad at myself. And I just was like, that's, oh, I was so, that was so stupid of me. Mm. Yeah. Implicit, explicit. Yep. Strikes again. Strikes again. I accidentally called someone super old. What? Yeah, I was working with some drag queens. And I was like, oh, because you've been in the business forever. (laughs) And you're not supposed to say that to queens. I don't think you're supposed to really say that to anyone, yeah. uh, depending on how they Well, feel. because they were talking about like the original season of RuPaul and how they got asked. I was like, oh, so like you've been doing this forever. And I didn't mean it as like, mm-hmm. like if someone had been like, oh, you've been working in film forever, I'd be like, oh, you've been in film forever. But they took it as like a personal slight on age, which I'm like, if there's one thing on the planet you can't fucking control, it's how old you are. So like lean into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was I I had to never, backpedal. You never ask a woman her age, Cor. You got to learn these things. <laughs> yeah so that was my embarrassing funniest thing what's the funniest thing um oh we laughed really hard we were watching uh big little lies wait that's what it's called right yeah you laughed yes there's some funny Thank moments you. in that show because oh, for sure because we were watching it and one of the reese witherspoon's daughter in the in the show comes up and says, can you look at my homework project? (laughs) And she shows her this picture and it's a drawing of a door door and then a person. And she's like, it's for opposites. And Reese Witherspoon's looking at it and she's like, a a door. And and the daughter's like, well, that's you. And she was like, oh, well, yeah, clearly that's me. But door me, how is that opposite and the little girl points the door and she goes well this is unhinged or this is hinged (laughs) (laughs) and we laughed for quite some time i thought that was so fucking funny well this door is hinged (laughs) (laughs) that little girl is the best character on the show for sure yeah and like the best part of the show is the music and she's almost always the dj yeah it's like really cool. Like I think yeah. that she's a huge deal in that show. Yeah, yeah. I'm super what interested like? to read that book to see how how much of it not not necessarily how much of it is the same, but how the author writes tells the story. Tell yeah, tells the story. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested yeah. to see what Nicole Kidman's character would be like in the book. Actually. Yeah. It's really well done. It is really well done. Yeah. Anyway, that was probably cool. one of the fun things that made us laugh the most. <laughs> um. Very cool. Well, we've done almost an hour and a half. And we could keep, we could going, keep going, but we And have... let me tell you something. These lithium batteries, I'm still at three more. <laughs> we can just keep going and going I'm full and going. Still. Um, no, it's been super great to uh, to hear, uh, talk to you guys again. I'm glad this one worked out great. Uh, yeah. If people want to find you, where can they find you? At making it in Asheville on Instagram. Or Facebook, Facebook, or www.makingitinashville.com. Very cool. Sweet. Correct. And then, if anyone wanted to hire you for some creative work, uh, so you can do yeah, makingitcreative.com or makingitinashville.com/slash work with us. 
Love it. Sweet. It's just, you know, all the websites or yeah. uh, it'll all be linked to in the show notes. That actually will be linked to the show notes. That's the one thing I do link in the show notes. <laughs> I just figured I don't think people really look at the other stuff. So I stopped. <laughs> I stopped doing awesome. it. Well, That's thank so you guys funny. for doing yeah. this. Uh, have a wonderful rest of the weekend. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a, have a great next week and the rest of this month. Yeah. Thank you. Have, have a, a good rest, rest of the, of the quarter. <laughs> And then when Q4 comes around, I want you guys to knock that one out of our hearts. Love you, mean it. Love you, mean it. Bye. (laughs)